You're listening to The Great Coaches Podcast. Hi everyone, Paul here, and just a quick message from me to let you know that if you are looking to improve the performance of your team, no matter whether it is a work, sporting, or community one, then we've developed some tools to help. On the website, you will find our Thriving Teams Diagnostic, which uses insights from the more than 200 great coaches we have interviewed to challenge you with a series of questions to help you understand how your team is performing. It's free and only takes a few minutes to complete. If you'd like to know more, you can check out our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Great Coaches Podcast. To me, being perfect... It's not about that scoreboard out there. This is a chance of lifetime. When you can understand the person, you can then work towards a common goal. We are all on the same team. Now you roll and do it to the best of your ability. Focus on the fundamentals. We've gone over time and time again. Your defense has got to be better. Leave no doubt tonight. Great moments are born from great opportunity. My name is Jim Wolfrey, and you're listening to The Great Coaches Podcast, where we explore leadership through the lens of high-performance sport by interviewing great coaches from around the world to try and find ideas to help all of us lead our teams better. Our great coach on this episode is Trevor Gleeson. Trevor is an Australian basketball coach who transitioned into coaching in 1984 at the age of 18 following an accident. Over the next decade, he rose through the coaching ranks, leading men's and women's basketball teams in regional Australia competitions. In 1997, he started coaching in the National Basketball League in Australia in assistant roles before taking similar positions in America and South Korea. In 2006, he returned to Australia as the head coach of the Townsville Crocodiles in the NBL and for five years led them to the postseason, ultimately leading to him being named Coach of the Year in 2011. In a move that illustrates his coaching proficiency, he then switched sports and was a skills coach in the Australian Football League for three years under the legendary coach Alistair Clarkson. In 2013, he returned to basketball as the head coach of the Perth Wildcats and led them to five championships in 2014, 16, 17, 19, and then again in 2020. In 2021, 
Trevor moved to the NBA as an assistant coach with the Toronto Raptors. Trevor is the type of coach that makes the individual feel like they are contributing to something bigger than themselves through the behavior and attitude choices they make every day. He is unflinchingly honest and a believer in the merits of a strong work ethic to succeed both on and off the court. He's also one of that rare breed of coach who has worked at the elite level in two different sports. And this dexterity reinforces his credentials as a teacher, a leader, and importantly, a lifelong learner. There were so many, but for me, the key highlights included how a close relationship with players allows him to have quick, heated conversations during the game without fear of it derailing the player's performance, and that building this relationship takes time and isn't something you can just shortcut. How one of the major changes he has seen over 30 years of coaching is when he first started, he told players to jump and they would ask, how high? Whereas now, they ask why? And how he believes that there should be only one ego in the team, and that is the team's collective ego. This really was a terrific conversation. It was one of our early interviews we recorded when we first got the podcast started, and we hope you get as much out of it as we did. And just before we drop into the interview, if you're a first-time listener, you can check out our library of interviews with other great coaches at our website thegreatcoachespodcast.com. And while you're there, if you would like to help our podcast out, which is fully independent and ad-free, you can follow the link to our Patreon page where we offer exclusive content to our supporters. And now, please enjoy our discussion with Trevor Gleason. You are listening to The Great Coaches Podcast. Trevor Gleason, welcome to the podcast. Let me start by saying or asking, where are you and what have you been up to today? Yeah, mate, I'm in Perth, Australia. It comes in handy to be one in the most isolated cities in the world. And we've had practice this morning already with our guys, individual workouts and in the gym. So you got me in a good time. Fantastic. Yeah, getting prepared for the season, I guess that's kicking off in December. Okay, let's jump straight in and have a chat to you about you as a coach. Trevor, we ask all our great coaches the question, what person or event started them on their coaching journey? Your passage into coaching was a life-changing event as a young man. How did that adversity shape you as a coach? I was pretty involved in sport at a young age and have an accident when I was 18 years old. It was a major impact is all I knew was sport. So that was really the catalyst of me getting into coaching to still stay involved with basketball. And it turned in from something to stay involved with and evolved a passion over many, many years. And I've been very fortunate now to be coaching professionally you know, for nearly three decades. So I'm very lucky and still have those principles from when I coach now to when I started coaching. It's being curious, the curiosity that you have to find out the best treatment, the best way to communicate, the best skills, the best techniques. That's still alive today in everything I do. We'll come back and talk about some of that curiosity today, but I just want to sort of start back over your career. You've drawn from the great coaches around you in both Victoria, Australia, and your time overseas. What is the role of a head coach today in basketball, and how have you seen this change during your career? The coach has changed immensely since I first started. It was more so of jumping. The players would say, how high? And now as a coach, you say jump, and they say, why? And then again, they say, what's in it for me? So totally different in the spectrum that I've coached in, but 
it's provide leadership, provide coaching and developing your players. The players want to see themselves develop individually and they want to be involved in team success. But I would dare say the majority would say individual development first. And we're very big on that in Perth. And that was one of the big areas. I wanted to be the best place in Australia where kids wanted to go to learn how to play basketball. And to get in an environment where there's no egos, the, the egos are on the hook. We just have one ego as a team ego where we can play and there's no politics and we play the right way of sharing the game and sharing the ball with each other. And the guys reciprocate that and it's a a fun environment to be in. And when you're in a fun environment, you get players playing at their peak performance. I mentioned that you coached both locally and internationally and you entered the NBL 400 club last year. Congratulations on reaching such a fantastic milestone it places you alongside the most iconic names of the Australian NBL, names like Gorgian, Gaze, Black, Curl, Wright, McLeod. What is it that great coaches do differently that gives them this longevity? The constant change, you've got to keep evolving. And when you bring those names up, I was very fortunate to grow up in country Victoria. And down in, in Melbourne, we had a number of four or five NBL teams and we had Lindsay Gaze. You know, I learned a lot off of Bruce Palmer, Brian Gorgian, Brett Brown. These were guys that I would go down each weekend and watch them practice during the week, play on the weekend, try to sneak into a pre-game conference in there. They're some of the great coaches that have walked Australian basketball. And then my first coaching job was with a guy called Brian Curl. Curly won four championships, two at St Kilda, two at Brisbane. And that was my first three years in the NBL as a development officer under Curley. And, and just to learn how they operate every day and how to communicate and how to work the media, how to work your board members, your stakeholders. It was just a great learning curve for us. And I was able to take bits and pieces from those coaches along the way and kind of mould it into my own little philosophy. And that constantly changes with different influences you have along the way. And I worked a little bit in AFL football and got to see Alistair Clarkson working firsthand with an elite side in in Hawthorne. And and there's some of those things that you take along the way and, and you adapt them to yourself and to use in your system or your coaching philosophy. What would you say is the best piece of coaching advice you ever received? One thing I've learned, when the team wins, praise the players. And when the team lose, take responsibility. And I think that just takes the pressure off the players. And sure, it puts me in the firing line a fair bit. But after a while, you grow a thick skin with that kind of stuff. But it's you want the players don't feel the pressure of the outside environment, but also reward behaviours you want to see repeated. So certainly those lines. Comes with the territory as a head coach, I guess. Mm -hmm, Very much. You started speaking about the Wildcats and you joined the Perth Wildcats in 2013. They were already a five-time championship winning franchise. However, when you joined, they were coming off back-to-back grand final defeats. Yet in your first year, you coached them to their sixth championship. What is your advice to leaders on how to help teams create focus and motivation when they are so far behind their goals? Establish what was already here. It was already a good organisation and my challenge, I guess, was taken to that great challenge, great organisation with that. And I didn't really have to invent the wheel a lot. There was a lot of good stuff around the area, but we also, we wanted to change the direction a little bit and focus a little bit more 
been prioritised what we need. And that was probably a ruthless decisions to get key points across and to have clear outcomes that we wanted to proceed with. And that once everybody was heading in the right direction, we were okay. And that was a great year because there was, I think we brought in four or five different players at that stage, different imports. But the buy-in from our players was there straight away. And that helps the success when you've got guys willing to be coached and willing to change the direction it makes it a little bit more easy to coach the team. Obviously, those ruthless decisions played some dividends because since that time, the Wildcat, you've coached the Wildcats to five MBL titles, the last two being back-to-back. How do you get the squad to reset after success and not move forward with complacency and a sense of entitlement? Yeah, that's a good question. We've covered that a number of times and we've been very fortunate to make sure every year is different. We don't talk about last year and what was last year because there's different personnel, there's a different league, there's different opponents, people change. So it was more so this is what works in the past. If we work hard enough, we'll give ourselves the best opportunity of winning. It wasn't building that pressure on that, hey, listen, we won it last year, we've got to win it again this year. It's certainly a different set of goals that we have and it's something that we sit down the start of the year with the players And our goal is not to win the championship, although we always want to win the championship. It is we want to finish in the top two and then we give ourselves a great chance and then we adjust our goals as we're going along. Again, that takes pressure off the guys just to play more relaxed and we're not over-analyze everything and be when you win a championship the following year, you're always judging against that year. And I think that doesn't help you. It actually hinders your performance because the players feel the responsibility if they don't perform up to that expectations. And we can't do anything about the past. We were very fortunate to win. That's in the history books now. Let's create something new. And when you do that, you're a little bit more liberated to play a certain style and to incorporate different things. And that's one thing that you're going to have to do is keep changing a little bit along the way. And we have been that along the way so far. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss wow nice yeah what you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on bomba socks underwear and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds yeah that plush and the best part for every item you purchase bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I've listened to you in many interviews describe your coaching philosophy as being passionate. You only have to really watch an NBL game with the Wildcats playing to see this expression firsthand on the side of a court. What are the behaviours and values you hold central to this? I try to relax a little bit. And if you had to see me early days, I was a little bit more crazier. But uh, there's obviously some non-negotiables. But about the passion is playing, I guess, every play. It's the relationship that you have with the players 
to allow me to be that way. If I don't have a relationship with a player and we have a very robust conversation in the heat of the battle for 10 seconds, that event could cause a lot of trouble if I haven't built up the trust and a relationship with that player. And everyone's different how we communicate, but we also have some non-negotiable team standards that I guess you say that we're not going to be successful if we don't achieve them. And sometimes you might lose a game, but if you drop in those standards of the performance that you play, you're going to let yourself down. And that's where I come in and say, hey, that's not good enough. That's not what we represent here at the Wildcats. That's not Wildcats basketball. And if we take care of those things, normally the scoreboard takes care of itself. The Wildcats recently signed Notre Dame's John Mooney for the new season. I saw a recent tweet the club posted where John said, Coach Gleason is always talking about relationships and rings. What do those symbols and words mean for you? It's something that was kind of developed here and we stole it from another player that while you're here, it's the relationships that you build. We're going to battle 12 players or 15 players and then we have our coaching staff, support staff, office staff. And if you don't have great relationships in an endeavor to be successful, there's going to be hindered, it's going to be speed bumps along the way. And to build those relationships takes time. It doesn't happen. It's our offense relationships, our defense relationships, our communication. All those things are vitally important to know that we're trying to get the best out of you, not necessarily the best for me or the best for anybody else, but the team. So we go every day that we practice, we want to play for game five of the grand final. We're challenging for a championship. We want to play for rings and build relationships along the way. And what advice do you have for coaches or leaders who are new into their roles and they want to create a set of those values or better values for their team to aspire to? Yeah, I probably look backwards. I look back, okay, if you're going to lose, how do you want to lose? And for us, it was like, we want to play, we want to be the hardest working team out there. Okay. And we understand we can be the hardest working team and lose a game. So it was, for me, it was working backwards to that standard. Let's be the hardest working team out there then that gives us a chance to win and win consistently. And I think if you have some of those areas when you first come in to be a leader, are you willing to put up with or what would you let slide to be a leader? And constant leaders that I've kind of researched and followed through, they're very consistent of doing the right thing over a long period of time. And Normally the scoreboard and the results come out of that. Don't chase results straight away because you're not going to get there. You might get there for one year and you're not going to get there the following years. It's how you build that up, how your culture is, how your organisation is. Then the relationships come, then the trust comes and then success comes out of that. Those things are controllable and that's important to be successful. So when you're trying to improve a team's culture, what should you be doing first? Well, the first thing is for a leader, values and your behaviours every day. It's It's not about do what I say, it's about what you do. And It's like if I say we want to be the hardest working team here and I get into the office last in the office and first out the door, am I really doing the things that I'm saying? We have a pretty strong work ethic here and guys get in early because they want to improve. And if I'm taking shortcuts, that's noticed by everybody. So we follow through with the values and behaviours that we do out of the culture is done every day. It's not one off and, and taking shortcuts. You're obviously a coach who embodies self-believe. And I've heard you speak saying one of your key strengths is that you can get guys to buy into the bigger picture. How do you coach this? 
you got to have that relationship with the one-on-one and you find out what the players, what motivates the players. Some players might be motivated because their family, they might be motivated because of money, they might be motivated because of championships or MVPs or we sit down with the guys and say, what's important to you? And it kind of opened my eyes up a few years ago when I did this and I asked one of our foreign players, our import players, why do you play? He said, well, if I didn't play, I'd be dead. Two of the kids that I grew up with died with gunshots. Basketball saved my life. And I said, well, okay, that's very powerful. That's emotional. So every time you step on the floor, let's represent that. Let's represent how you play. And you do that with not how many points or rebounds you get. It's how the level that you play. So it's finding that individual button from the players. And when you find that, it's an easy transition. Now I'm going to help you bring the best out of you with that. If you don't find out, you can't just paint the whole team the same same avenue. So that individual relationship and finding out what's important to the player, that's a big key to being successful. You've spoken about the, the connections to individuals and being finding out what is that most important aspect that drives a player to behave and react the way they do. Have you, though, had to manage or influence disruptive peer pressure within a team? You're always going to have sometimes the old saying is one bad apple can ruin the, the lot. And in professional sport, we're always against that, especially with ESPN showing the highlights of dunks and selfish play and, and taking away team aspects. And we really emphasize reward and recognize things that you want repeated. So we constantly, and like in video review, if there's an extra pass, the guy doesn't get any credit for to make the pass or Maybe he does two screens down. We emphasize those things that help you be successful. And that eliminates a lot of the individualism in team sports. So we've been very lucky. And the other thing that we do, we do a really deep search and making sure we get the right people into the organization. It's a lot easier to coach good guys than coach bad guys with that. So we've made mistakes along the way without a question and got the wrong personnel. But we will take a less talented player if they have the right values and the right work ethic and the right attitude than more talented player. We'll let them go and play somewhere else. You've had very different coaching experiences at both Brisbane and Melbourne. You were quoted as saying, I was very close to walking away from the game. In moments like these, what are your top tips in dealing with self-doubt? I was very close to walking away. It was just the basketball. I thought my life would be heading in a different direction, more of a business path with team coaching and organising companies. But I've been very fortunate to have great backing from parents at an early age that always gave me that self-belief. And it's really to look back where you come from and the self-belief, not necessarily where you want to go and maybe you haven't reached that yet. It's more tick off the box and look where you came from. Okay, I came from this organisation, this small little population. That gives you confidence. And I remember when I first went over to America that coached in Australia as a development coach and I didn't really have anything to hang my hat on in America. And I got to America and a lot of people tell them, they would tell people how good they are. And that just wasn't me. And I said, well, I can't match these stories and these experiences. So I'm just going to roll my sleeves up and be the first one in the gym. And if a kid wants to shoot before half an hour before the camp, I'll be there. If he wants to shoot half an hour after camp, I'll be there and I'll do it again. And and I met a great relationship with a guy and he finished up getting the head coach and seeing my work ethic and asked me to be assistant coach. And 
So those things that you can control for self-belief that gives you energy, certainly don't look ahead where you want to get to for self-belief. Have a look at the journey where you came from. And when do you think it's actually important for a coach to step back? Yeah, quite often. I like to give my assistant coaches the freedom and the power to coach. You know, I don't want to be overbearing where I do everything and make decisions. I want their input. And even though that I want to sometimes talk atop of them or, no, this is not the way, I think it's important for me to step back and get other people's perspective of what's going on. And then you get a, a little bit more broader evaluation and then you maybe that path forward is a little bit clearer but as I get older and being in this profession I seek out more advice still have what I'm doing in the back of my mind when I first started coaching it was just my way or the highway and that time is past these days everybody wants a little bit of input everyone wants to feel a part of something bigger and I think stepping back as a coach is a critical thing you've got to do. You've spoken a bit about the lessons you've learned from your career moments from other great coaches. What other resources have you found helpful as a coach? Look, I've been very fortunate to have meet some great coaches along the way and, and they're still mentors today. I can pick a phone up from a coach in America and they'll get back to me in the next 24 hours and ask for advice. And it's good to get advice from mentors outside your bubble. We get so engrossed of what we're doing and everything that could be seems to us such a big issue outside the bubble. It might be only a small issue that you're blowing up. And to have that levity and ability to call some NBA coaches, AFL coaches, rugby league coaches, and to have that broad base that you can get some different ideas and they're key for big moments too. Trevor, this is my last question today. Your story so far is one of leadership, self-belief and overcoming adversity. What legacy do you believe you are leaving as a coach? Yeah, well, I haven't really thought about that, but I often talk to our guys as we're here in the Wildcats and we're very fortunate to work for Jack Bendout, a great owner and a great organisation that's played 34 years straight away in the finals. And we took this is our chance. We're carrying the torch to the next guy. I'm not going to be here forever. I'm not going to be here in five years, 10 years. But while we're here, we're carrying the torch forward and making sure we represent ourselves well. And that's the key for us that while you're here in this short little time, it could be two years, three years, who knows, that you're doing the best that you possibly can. So you pass the torch to the next guy or the next coach or the next player in a little bit better position that you get it in the first place and I think if you can do that in any industry you can sit back and be proud of your efforts. Trevor you may have never played the game beyond those younger years in Warrnambool but I feel that fans of basketball all over the world would see what those traits would have been on the court every time they watch the Perth Wildcats play. It has been an honour speaking with you today thank you so much for your time. Thanks mate appreciate it no worries at all. Hi everyone, it's Paul here, and you have been listening to the great coach, Trevor Gleeson. Some of the other key highlights for me were how he tries to learn from coaches in other sports and seeks out mentors from what he describes as outside his own bubble. How they recruit based on values and work ethic over pure talent alone. How as the leader, if you take shortcuts, the players will notice and soon emulate this. And how the secret to sustained success is to not carry forward the expectation of winning, but to start each year with a fresh set of goals that are broken down into steps to achieve throughout the season. 
I hope you enjoyed it as much as Jim and I did. And just before we go, if you have any feedback, then please let us know. Just like Jenny Sinclair, who said, I'm intrigued by how coaches operate and a massive Tamsin Greenway fan, so found this another great podcast of At Coaches Great. If you haven't followed it yet, the ep with at Coach Lisa A is terrific too. And Matt Holmes, who said, you have to check out the Great Coaches podcast. So many super interesting episodes. The recent chat with English cricket coach Peter Moores was simply awesome. So many great takeaways for coaches of all sports. Love your work at Coaches Great. Big thanks, Jenny and Matt. The interaction with people around the world who listen gives us great energy. And so if you have any feedback or comments, please let us know. All the details on how to connect with us are in the show notes or on our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.